0: Welcome to Unlocking the Truth, a podcast where we discover God's truth for ourselves by studying His Word. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. Have you ever wondered whether you were eternally secure in Jesus Christ? Have you ever questioned whether... Uh, you were truly saved or, or you wonder if the work of the cross was enough for you to enter into the kingdom of heaven. Over the next few weeks, we're going to study through the book of 1 John together and uh, happy that you could join us on the podcast. And this week, we're going to answer just a couple of questions that uh, really are found in in the observation method of the inductive Bible study. So we're gonna look directly into the scriptures and we're gonna ask uh, two questions today. Uh, The first of that being the who's of the book and then the why of the book. So we're gonna look closely at 1 John. Now, if you've got your Bible with you, you'll wanna follow along. If you have a notepad, you wanna have a notepad with you as well. Maybe there's some things that we're going to cover. I know that uh, this week we're going to have a number of different cross-references to look at uh, throughout the scriptures, but uh, because of time I won't be able to go into each and every one of them uh, individually, but basically give a reference to them all. You can study them and look them up on your own as we go. So let's start uh, to our time together with who wrote the book. Well, we might start by looking at the top of First John and saying, well, it says 1 John, so obviously John had to write this book. And uh, church history uh, widely uh, agrees that John wrote the book. In the letter of 1 John, he never ever mentions his name. So we can't automatically say, well, that was easy. Unlike the letters that Paul wrote, we can see Paul's name. Here, John doesn't address himself. So uh, historically, and looking at uh, the ways that other uh, letters and, and gospel are written we can come to the conclusion that John uh, the writer of the fourth gospel the Gospel of John is the same person that has written this letter first uh, John and so also we can look at just the um, clear message that comes across through the Gospel of John into first John 2nd and 3rd John. Listen to this for a moment. In uh, truth and love are two words that are repeated throughout uh, the Gospel of John, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. In the Gospel of John, the word truth uh, is mentioned 57 times. In uh, the Gospel of John, the word love is mentioned 46 times. 1st John, truth is mentioned 47 times. And love is mentioned fifteen times. In Second John, uh, truth is mentioned four times, and love is mentioned five times. Uh, third John, seven times truth is mentioned, and ten times love is mentioned. And then in Revelation, the word truth is mentioned seven times, and love is written ten times. So you can see through the book of uh, the Gospel of John. 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, and then of course, uh, Revelation, which we'll, we'll look at uh, in a few moments, are all carrying that same message of truth, uh, the gospel, the truth, and the word of God, as well as the word love. So this running theme that goes through all of these uh, four books of the Bible clearly indicate to us that John is the author of 1st uh, John. Now, who is is John. Who is this John that uh, wrote this book? Well, here are some cross-references that you're going to want to write down and look at. In Luke chapter 9 verses 54 to 56, uh, John is referred to as the sons of thunder. And so Jesus gives John the name uh, sons of thunder Matthew chapter 17, this same John is with Jesus at the transfiguration where God said, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. And so John was present when uh, the voice of God spoke from the skies and said that uh, Jesus truly was his son. Luke chapter 22, John is also present again, and this time Jesus has sent him off to prepare uh, the Passover Supper or the Last Supper uh, just before uh, Christ's crucifixion. In John uh, chapter 13, verse 23, John refers to uh, a disciple that uh, reclines on the bosom of Jesus, and and that there is a reference to John himself. So John uh, had a uh, close relationship with, with Jesus and reclined on him uh, in John thirteen twenty three, In John 14 6 uh, John records uh, the proclamation of who Jesus is and let me just read that for you in John 14 chapter 6 and he says uh, Jesus said I am the way the truth and the life and no one comes to the Father but through me and so here uh, John records exactly who Jesus is. And then uh, we also want to go back, and I want you to see in John chapter 13, verse uh, 34, that John also records this new commandment that Jesus has given. And it is that you love one another, even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. And by this, all men will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. So you remember the commandment was love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your mind coming from from the Old Testament. And now this new part of the commandment, uh, it it involves loving one another. And so John records loving one another. In the book of Acts, if you wanna turn to Acts chapter four, uh, we're gonna look at Acts chapter four and see who this John is. And he is uh, Acts 4:19, and here's what it has to say about John. It says, here, let's find it. John is the one who is with Peter and they are um, being told to stop sharing their faith and stop sharing of what they have heard of. Uh, Verse 19 says, But Peter and John answered and said to them, Whether it is right in the sight of God to give heed to you rather than God, you be the judge. And then in verse 20, it says, For we, Peter and John, cannot stop speaking about what we have seen and heard. So John is uh, one of those who is not going to stop speaking. In Galatians, if you want to turn to Galatians chapter 2, and in Galatians chapter 2, verse 9, Paul makes reference to John. And uh, he says, um, and recognizing the grace that had been given to me, James and Cephas and John were reputed to be pillars uh, gave to me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship so that we might go to the Gentiles and they uh, to the circumcised. And so here Paul clearly indicates and calls John one of the pillars and shows us who uh, his ministry was to. And so uh, he's also the same guy. John is the same guy who wrote uh, the book of Revelation. So turn with me uh, to Revelation chapter 1. And you'll see the references to John himself. Revelation 1.1, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave to him, to his bondservants, the things which must soon take place. And he sent and communicated it by his angels and to his bondservant, John. And so reference to John there. Verse 4, John to the seven churches that are in Asia. And so we continue down in verse nine. I, John, your brother and fellow partaker in the tribulation and kingdom and perseverance, which are in Jesus, was on the island called Patmos because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. He says in verse 10, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and I heard behind me a loud voice like the sound of a trumpet saying, write in the book which you have seen and send it to the seven churches. And so John is the one who received the revelation from Jesus Christ, and he wrote it out, and he sent it to the seven churches. This is uh, the same John who wrote uh, the book of 1 John. Now look at quickly Revelation chapter uh, 22, verse 8. And 22, verse 8 says, I, John, am the one who heard and saw these things, and when I heard and saw it, fell down to worship at the feet of the angel who showed me these things." So this John we now can understand is the one who wrote the Gospel of John. He wrote that fourth Gospel, but he also wrote uh, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, and the book of Revelation. So John has a prominent role within scripture, and uh, we should take this letter and, and really begin to unpack it and see what John has to say. Uh, One important note is that uh, the time of this writing, uh, we'll look at in a moment, but John is uh, the last living apostle at the time of this writing. And so uh, he's the last remaining apostle. And so uh, here he is, uh, most likely in the uh, later stages of his life, now writing uh, this book. And uh, that brings us to the point of really the second question that we want to ask is well who did he write it to and so uh, who did John write this letter to and uh, that we have to go to the book of 1st John and as we uh, go back to 1st John I want you to make a note of what John says about himself in the first four verses of this uh, book and let me read this to you Follow along, and if you've got a pencil and, and, uh, in your scriptures, you can circle um, all the references to uh, the we, who would be um, references to the author, as well as the other apostles within the scripture, and let's see what we can learn. And so chapter 1, verse 1, what was from the beginning, what we have heard and what we have seen with our eyes. What we have looked at and touched with our hands concerning the word of life, and the life was manifested, and we have seen and testify and proclaim to you, the eternal life was with the Father and was manifested to us. What we have seen and we heard, we proclaim to you also, so that you may too have fellowship with us, and indeed our fellowship with the Father, and with the Son. Jesus and with his Son, Jesus Christ. These things we write so that our joy may be made complete. This is the message we have heard from him and announced to you that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. And so we're quickly going to look at these first four verses just at an overview because over the next few weeks we'll continue to unpack all of what we see here. But here's what John says about himself as the author of this letter. He says that in verses uh, one to four that he has uh, heard from Jesus. He's also seen Jesus with his own eyes. He's looked at Jesus and he has touched Jesus. And so if you see Um, in verse 1, that it goes back to the word of life, we can actually take that back to uh, the book of John and see how Jesus is described in John. So uh, we have concerning, in 1 John, concerning the word of life that they have um, heard, seen, looked at, and touched uh, the word of life. And so 1 John chapter 1 or John chapter 1, verse 1. We just want to quickly cross-reference over there as we probably will come back to this in a few uh, uh, weeks when we uh, launch our second podcast. But John chapter uh, 1, verse 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God all things came into being through him, and apart from him, nothing came into being uh, that has come to life. If we, uh, we don't have time today, but we could cross-reference into Colossians, which indicates and shows us that Jesus was at creation from the very beginning. So this, this word of life that we're referring to is Jesus Christ, the Son. And so what we have here is Paul, uh, John telling us that he's heard, seen, uh, with their very own eyes, looked at, and touched with the hands, uh, Jesus Christ. So they walked with him, they saw his the work that he completed, and uh, they are eyewitnesses to Jesus Christ. Peter says the same thing in his letter concerning the transfiguration. We were eyewitnesses to what happened on that uh, mountain. And so here we have Uh, basically John giving us his authority of who he is, and now we look at who he wrote to. So uh, he wrote to believers. The first and foremost uh, that we want to wrap up here is that he has written to those who have uh, heard the gospel, received the gospel, believed in the gospel, and repented. We see this because uh, we can see that He talks about, throughout the book, uh, about what they already know, what they've already heard, and what they already believe. And so we'll see that again in a couple weeks, but we know that these are believers. Now, at the later parts of John's life, uh, it's believed that he he was uh, living in, in Asia Minor and writing this letter to those who were in the area of Ephesus. The letter is dated between 90 and 95 A.D., so around uh, the, the first uh, later part of the first century. And it's difficult to give an exact date on this because there's no historical uh, point within in the letter that we can say, hey, this is the exact date that this occurred. John also uh, tells us that he's got a relationship with these people, an intimate relationship, because as he writes through this letter, he refers to himself in the first person, and uh, he has a a lot of eyes. Um, Verse 21 of chapter 2, I have not written to you because you do not know the truth, but he also refers to um, the recipients of this letter a number of times as little children, and so shows that uh, there's this uh, fatherly figure over um, the recipients, and so uh, he also mentions that he's writing to, and he's writing to this uh, group of people. In in First John chapter two, he says he's writing to fathers in verse thirteen. He's writing to uh, young men in verse um, uh, fourteen. And of course he refers again to these little children in verse 12. But we'll, when we get to chapter two, we'll unpack these individuals a little bit more in detail about who these little children, father, and young men are. And uh, so you have to stay tuned and join us with there. But at this point, here's what we know. At this point, we know that the recipients of this letter are believers in Jesus Christ. And so this sets up the uh, the principles of what we know, John wrote wrote to believers, most likely in Ephesus in Asia and Minor. And here now we can ask our final question, which uh, is why did he write this letter? So what's going on at this point in time in the life of the early church that it felt that John felt so compelled to write this letter? So. First and foremost, let me tell you that if you are doing inductive Bible study, looking at the Bible as a primary source of study, the book of 1 John is a terrific study to begin with because there's not a lot um, of trying to figure out why John wrote this letter because he tells us so clearly why he wrote it and uh, in specific verses as we go through. So, let me give you four reasons four reasons why John wrote this letter. Reason number one found in 1 John uh, 1 verse 4. And if you've got your pen again, you can uh, draw a box around all the references to write and then you can go back and list these things out. And see exactly what you've got. The reason we're going to draw these boxes around is we're going to uh, slow down why we're reading the uh, letter, but we're also going to have these uh, keywords jump off the page for us to get a better understanding of the scripture in in our overview today. Chapter one, verse four. These things we write so that our joy may be complete. And so first reason for why that uh, John is writing this letter is so that John's joy, also the recipient's joy, uh, may be complete. So uh, joy, the only way that joy comes in this situation is uh, through fellowship together and fellowship with the Father. This joy is complete because of the gospel and because the uh, recipients have received and believed in the gospel they also uh, have fellowship with the father and this makes uh, john and the other apostles uh, have great joy in seeing the work of the gospel accomplished in the lives of those who have received it Uh, let's look at reason number two reason number two found in uh, chapter two verse one chapter two verse one says my little children i'm writing these things to you so that you may not sin and if anyone sins we have an advocate with the father jesus christ uh the righteous reason number two is so that the recipients may not sin this is john's passion this is his burden this is his desire that radiates throughout all of the gospels, through his gospel and the letters, is that you know the truth, that you walk in the truth, and we'll continue to unpack that as we make our way through 1 John. But here he wants the believers that he refers to as little children, that they live out uh, the work of the gospel in their life, that they no longer live and practice sin. And that's the same desire that God has for you and I, that as we grow in sanctification, that as we uh, move from the milk of the word into the meat of the word, that our life would be changing, that we would not be continually uh, sinning and practicing sin, but we would want to be formed and shaped and molded into the same image of Jesus Christ and our Father God that we would not sin, that sin would not be found in us. And so uh, I'm writing to you, he says, so that you will not sin. And then he reminds us also that if you do sin, which we know as we will look at this even further, that we will have sin, but we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. Reason number three, found in chapter 2, verse 21 he says i've not written to you because you do not know the truth but because you do know it and because no lie is of the truth so right here we've got another reason for writing and it's more of a reminder listen this is what you already know you already know that you know that jesus christ is the way the truth and the life you already believe that and this is a reminder for you now do not fall into any lies. Don't listen to those who are teaching false doctrine because you already know and you stand in the truth. And I can think about uh, the number of times that I have seen Kay uh, speak in front of groups and she says, you need to know that you know that you know the truth. And how do you know that you know the truth? Is you study the word of God. And that's what we're doing together as we work through First John is learning uh, the truth and being able to stand firm in the truth of God's word, which will bring uh, confidence for us as believers. So he's not writing to them because they don't know the truth, he's writing to them because they already knew. Now let me contrast this for you, that uh, in the book of John, the Gospel of John, and if you wanna turn with me there quickly in John chapter 20, you have the reason for why he wrote the Gospel of John. And so the reason he wrote the Gospel of John in chapter 20, verses 30 and 31, he says, Therefore, many other signs Jesus also performed in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. But these have been written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing, you may ha- uh, believing in you may have uh, eternal life in his name. So the whole purpose of John writing the gospel of John is so that unbelievers would come to know who Jesus Christ was, that they would uh, hear the gospel, that they would receive the gospel, that they would believe the gospel, that they would repent of their sins and uh, make Jesus Lord over their lives. That's the whole point of the Gospel of John. The difference between the Gospel of John and First John now is that First John is written to believers to have them have a better understanding of this. Now watch quickly. We'll come back to reason a third reason, a fourth reason in chapter 20, or chapter two verse 26. But in light of what we know of the reason for God, uh, John writing, uh, the Gospel of John, which is so that unbelievers would believe. In chapter 5 of First John, we read that uh, he says, these things, verse 13, these things I have written to you uh, who already believe, who believe in the name of the Son, so that you may know that you have eternal life. And so we'll come back to that verse in a minute, but here's the contrast the Gospel of John written for unbelievers, so that they would come to know Jesus Christ, and then the First John written so that believers would have confidence in salvation; that they would have confidence in knowing that they have eternal life. Now, why would the believers uh, be essentially having their uh, the, their doctrine rocked? Why would they? Uh, needing this letter to have confidence in the fact that they have eternal life. If they know and they believe and they've repented of their sins, uh, they, they have confidence to be called children of God is the message that John puts throughout the scriptures. But there's something going on in 1 John that clearly shows us that there is a problem that persists in the reason that uh, these believers uh, are having uh, their lives rocked by untruth and that comes in really the next reason for why the letter was written is 1st uh, John chapter 2 verse 26 he says these things I have written to you concerning those who are trying to deceive you alright so you see here we have that he's written so that their joy uh, that the apostles joy may be made complete the, The um, recipient's joy may be made complete. And then we have, um, he's written so that they won't sin anymore. He's written so that uh, they would uh, be reminded of the truth they already know. Then uh, here's why you need to be reminded of the truth you already know. Because there are people who are lying and deceiving uh, in this uh, point in time in the early church. And we want to just quickly look at what message was probably being uh, preached at this time that was causing some difficulties and so uh, these false teachers presenting a new doctrine a doctrine that would eventually become known as Gnosticism. Gnosticism was not present in the first century church but it came on uh, after that first century but this is basically the two points of what uh, uh, scholars believe was being uh, taught at this time and, and was rocking the doctrine of these uh, believers. And so the two points are where that Gnosticism but early church okay, was being taught here is that there was a separation uh, between flesh and deity. That uh, this belief and this teaching denied the incarnation of Christ. It separated flesh and the spirit that this teaching, it promoted that Jesus was born of flesh, but at Christ's baptism, uh, that did not uh, Jesus, who was born a man, that at Jesus' baptism, uh, the divine Christ came down upon Jesus at that time, and then uh, he had his deity. But then that Christ's deity left Jesus at his at the, before the crucifixion before he died and so there was this separation between flesh and spirit and so it sounds uh, very uh, wonky and crazy how can this all happen but uh, it was quite uh, believable for these people at this time and so uh, this began to rock the very uh, nature and so here's why uh, it's very possible that John begins his letter now by stating the following that uh, what was from the beginning this beginning does it go all the way back to the beginning of genesis where jesus was with god at creation Uh, what was from the beginning we have heard we have seen with our eyes we have looked at and touched with our hands concerning the word of life And the life was manifested that we have seen and testify and proclaim to you the eternal life with which was with the Father and was manifested to us. The whole standard of this letter is stated by the very fact that John was an eyewitness to to Jesus Christ and his deity, that all of this comes together. He saw, he heard, he touched, it all comes together with the fact that those who were teaching uh, this false doctrine at the time were not even present when Christ was here on earth. And so it's uh, more authority, more foundation to believe what you believe because uh, the message that you heard from John and the other apostles uh, is the message of the gospel that they were eyewitness to. And so uh, seeing, hearing, touching all counteract this teaching, and John will continue to counteract that teaching all the way through the book of First John, that there was this separation of deity and of flesh. So that brings us back to that final reason which we want to look at before we wrap up our overview today. Let me read it. It will be the third time that I've read through this uh, verse uh, in our study, but John, First uh, John chapter 5, verse 13 says, These things I have written to you, who believe in the name of the son of god so that you may know that you have eternal life the main purpose the main theme that can uh now be summarized through the book of first john is this is that as you study as you read this letter as you come to a greater knowledge of who jesus christ is and the doctrine of jesus and how to live out that doctrine um, in your life it is so that you will have confidence to know that you have eternal life. So as we uh, wrap up our time together today, I've got a few questions that I wanna ask you. What about you? you? know, Are you confident that you have eternal life? Have you received and believed and repented because of the gospel message? Are you struggling in your faith, wondering if you're going to spend eternity in heaven? Well, if you have any of those things going on in your life, you want to join us for the remainder of this study through the book of 1 John. Because through this book of 1 John, there is a key word, and the word is know. And just like I said from the very beginning, how do you know that you know that you know? Well, you know when you study 1 John. Because at the end of 1 John, you'll have confidence in being able to know whether you have eternity in heaven. And so please join us as we continue through this study. I can't wait to dig into 1 John. Thanks for joining us today, and let me pray with you. Father God, we thank you for this time that we've got. We thank you for this message of 1 John. Father, we thank you that as we study it, we can have confidence in knowing that our salvation is secure only in you. Father, as we continue to work through the book of 1 John, would you teach us, would you give us a better understanding of your scripture? Would you open our eyes to these truths? And Father, would you give us a burden and a passion, the same burden and passion that John had, that we would teach in a way that people would no longer sin, that they would grow in their sanctification, that they would grow in their love for Jesus Christ, that their walk would reflect their talk. And so, Father, we thank you again. In your name we pray. Amen. For more information on Precept Ministries Canada, visit us online at www.preceptministries.ca or call us at 877-234-2030.